Hello, I'm Christina Simmons, and first, I want to congratulate you for taking the time to be present and to participate in this Eucharistic Summit, where we are seeking to sow hope into broken hearts. This theme of sowing hope into broken hearts really touches my own heart because we all have broken hearts in some way. Some of us are individually suffering terribly right now. And there is also suffering within our communities. All we have to do is look around and we can see this suffering in our families, in our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools, and also our parish communities. If we're really going to be about sowing hope into broken hearts, then we need to seek and reach out for healing individually, just like the hemorrhaging woman did when she reached out to be healed by reaching for the hem of Jesus's cloak, and also strive to help bring healing to others, just as the friends did when they brought the crippled man on a mat to be placed before Jesus, and they ended up having to tear off the roof and, and put their friend, lower their friend down so that Jesus could help them. Jesus and our Catholic faith are never about either or, because sometimes we might be thinking, well, individually I need healing and I can't help others unless I've been healed. And within a community, many times we'll be looking around and thinking it's too much. So we'll think that we have to be about one or the other. And the fact is that we're supposed to really be about both and. This is what our Catholic faith is always about because Jesus was always about both and. So I'm going to try and follow Jesus's example and I'm going to try and touch upon both aspects, the individual and the communal in my comments today, so that I can try and help provide some life giving and also hope and encouragement no matter where you are on your journey or what part of your heart might be broken. Because again, all of us have wounds that are in various stages of healing. I was in the army and the idea of triage in the wake of a battle is kind of ingrained in me. This whole process of looking at people very quickly, assessing who can be helped and who is beyond help. But Jesus looks at us far differently. This is because he knows that none of us are past being able to be healed because with God, all things are possible. But there is a small catch. We have to be willing to do our part to allow him to heal us and our communities. And that's where the four steps come in. The four steps to holiness originally developed and emerged from my own work with individuals to help inspire, encourage, and accompany them on the journey to holiness, on the journey to sanctity, become the holy men and women we were created to be. Very simply, these four steps are daily prayer and meditation and living the life of grace through frequent reception of the sacraments, striving each day to grow in virtue, and abandoning ourselves to God's will. I'm going to use these four steps as a framework for us to help you be able to do your part to allow Jesus to heal you and our communities in union with his plan for all of us because he desires for all of us to have those lives of purpose and peace and abundance, not just here in this world, 
but also for all eternity with him in the next. So to start off, the first step, as I mentioned, is daily prayer and meditation. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I'm praying and I'm not feeling any healing. Well, I'm going to suggest a practice because I'm all about practical resolutions, about taking all of what we know, all of what we feel, and doing something with it, integrating it into our daily life. So with each of these four steps, I'm going to be giving you some practical steps that you can take in order to integrate these steps. Do those four steps that you can do today and every day so that you can unlock God's healing love for you. So again, the first is the practice of daily prayer. But the individual practice I'm going to suggest for you is adoration. Going to adoration allows us to be seen, to be loved, and to be healed. The path of healing begins with us being seen, with us being recognized for who we are as precious, that we're made in the image and likeness of God, that we are unique and unrepeatable signs of his love and mercy. So our healing has to begin with our being seen, then knowing that we are loved, and then we begin to be healed. When we allow ourselves to adore the one who adores us, then we are able to truly begin to be healed. We need to keep in mind that we're not going as if we go to a physician to be treated. No, the divine physician does not treat. He does some of that, but more fundamentally, he heals. Think about you break a bone, for example, you go to the, to the doctor and he sets the bone. He did a treatment, but the healing comes away from the treatment. It comes from time of having been seen and loved, and in time, we are healed. So when we do what an old man that St. John Vianney once saw coming to the tabernacle, not even uh, adoration. And he said, why do you come? And the old man reportedly said, he looks at me and I look at him. St. Teresa of Calcutta says that the hour that we dedicate to Jesus in the Eucharist is the greatest moment of the day and it is what changes hearts. And when our hearts are broken, we need this healing. We need this time. So I suggest to you that you go and set aside some time to go and either visit the tabernacle or go and spend time in adoration to make a holy hour. What would be the communal practice that we need to be about then? Well, we need to be looking at and seeing others around us in the same manner that Jesus sees us and loves us. We need to be able to love others because Jesus is present in them. Again, this is where St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta's example is so profoundly powerful for us because she said this is what she did, is that she saw Christ in all those around us. And as we continue to be loved, to be seen, to be loved, and to be healed, then we can share and have those graces that are being given to us 
flow outward from us in which we see and love those around us. And by doing that, we bring healing just by seeing and loving, by giving people the dignity that they already deserve, but for us recognizing it, seeing them and loving them because Christ is present. So that's step number one. Those are those two practices for step one. Step two is living that life of grace. Our individual practice, and far too often we are not about this, is after we receive Holy Communion, is we make a thanksgiving after Holy Communion. Many people might not be familiar with this practice, but it is a time which St. Alphonsus Liguori tells us, there is no prayer more agreeable to God or more profitable to the soul than that which is made during Thanksgiving after Communion. Thanksgiving after Communion is simply for us to spend time in gratitude, for us to spend time reflecting upon all of what has been given to us in the Eucharist, for us to reflect upon not just in the Eucharist, but then also in His blessings and graces that He's given us in our daily life. So for us to have this attitude of gratitude. What is the communal practice? Intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer in which we pray for the needs of others, of where we are a spiritual warrior for others, because this flows from our gratitude for our own graces and blessings that we have received. Third step, striving each day to grow in virtue. Our individual practice is actually quite a simple one. It is to persevere and for us to make a daily resolution to persevere, to simply show up and allow God to do what is best for us, be it healing or providing us hope, but we need to persevere. Jesus tells St. Faustina that we must persevere because he says to her in the area of divine mercy, he says, I desire to unite myself to human souls. Know, my daughter, that when I come to a human heart in Holy Communion, my hands are full of all kinds of graces which I want to give to the soul. So for us to resolve to persevere. The communal practice is for us to actively comfort the sorrowful. This is a spiritual work of mercy, but it's the fact that one of the greatest wounds we carry is the loss of loved ones, be they having passed on because of death or because of ruptured relationships. So for us to comfort others, to help others be able to persevere in the midst of the tragedy and sorrow they're experiencing. The final step is for us to abandon ourselves to God's will. Our individual practice can very simply be to offer it up. This is a phrase that many times, you know, is taken to mean that you have to put up with abuse or, you know, very negative circumstances. And this is not it at all. Rather, it's whatever it is that, you know, for us to offer it to our Lord, for us to remember that when we are offering it up, that we are taking what is, you know, difficult and we don't like, we didn't choose, we can't change and we don't understand, we're allowing our God to transform us in the midst of that. St. John Vianney tells us, if we're suffering pain and discomfort, 
he will lighten our burden and comfort us. If we succumb to illness, either he will provide a remedy or he will give us the strength to suffer it for the sake of eternal life. If we find ourselves at war with the devil and our passions, Jesus will supply us with arms for the battle so that we can resist and ultimately be victorious. If we are poor, Jesus will enrich us with all kinds of good things in this life and in eternity. Very simply, when we offer it up, we do so in an attitude and rooted in hope. And it is in hope that we then are able to practice the highest form of love that Jesus showed us on the cross, which is to lay down our lives for our friends. And this is where the communal practice comes in, of where you need to share your story with others. You might be saying, how can my sharing my story of how I have suffered or how I am suffering, how does that help others? Because if you're able to provide hope that yes, you too, it doesn't matter how bad it is, you too can get through this. We can persevere together. And when we share our stories, then everyone is able to know that their story matters. Because we'll never know until the other side of eternity, until the other side when we come before our Lord and He gives us the beatific vision of how it was that our sharing, our example and model helped others be able to persevere in faith and hope and charity. This is why healing isn't just an individual activity. Yes, we all need healing. We all suffer terribly. But in coming together and sharing our stories, in interceding for others, in comforting those who are sorrowing, in looking and seeing others as Jesus looks upon and loves us, that is where true healing can be found. I hope that this has helped you. I hope that this has given you yourself hope and encouragement on your own journey, remembering that the power of all that we are seeking, all of what we are seeking, that healing comes from the Lord. It comes from the gift of the Eucharist, which he has given us. So come before him in adoration. Make sure that you're receiving him and practice thanksgiving after communion. Make sure that you are seeking to persevere. And finally, offer it up. Lay down your life for your friend, your greatest friend, Jesus. God bless.